This week on Excelsior Journeys, my guest is fellow podcaster and audio drama producer, Alex Squires. With over 400 episodes of his podcast, Opinions May Vary, Alex is an ideal resource to discuss both podcasting and audio drama producing, uh, considering all the twists and turns that are happening with this show and everything else that's going on in 2023. Alex has a lot of great stories to share regarding how his show started, how it changed after a year, and how it continued on for more than five years afterwards. You're going to have a lot of fun listening to this, especially if you are looking to get into podcasting yourself. So, JLD, do the honors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for And that's you, what I moment? taught myself how to draw, was actually the little mermaid. Drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than so die. So jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater with him saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm sex. rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the corner. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. You know, throw yeah. some spaghetti yeah. against the wall. See this if it sticks. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for tuning in for over 180 episodes. We're getting so close to episode 200. I am so grateful to you for coming along with me on this journey. It's been just an amazing 2023 so far, and I can't even imagine how how great it's going to be once the Once Upon a Podcast Network gets going that is set to launch this spring. We have some great shows lined up for you. And for those of you that know me, you also know that there is a lot going on in my life other than this podcast. There is the podcast. Obviously, there's the podcast network. There is the Excelsior Audio Drama, which we are in the middle of right now. As you're listening to this, part one has already been performed, and we are getting ready for the production of part two. And if you are listening, I really, really hope that you enjoyed part one. And if you haven't heard it yet, please go ahead and download the Clubhouse app so that way you can hear it as well. There's also the audiobook narrating that I'm doing. There's the full-time job. There's the family. There's a whole lot that's going on. So it's very easy to imagine me getting kind of overwhelmed with all of this. And as I'm recording this, we're actually less than just about one week away from the performance of part one. So as you're listening, I hope everything went well. I hope that everything went off without a hitch. And there's still that feeling of just anxiety over everything that's going on. And like a, like a, like an angel kind of, kind of stepping in at the right time, I received a message from a fellow podcaster and a fellow audio drama producer named Alex Squires, who has been doing podcasting for over for about 450 episodes. He is moving into the new realm of audio dramas. He has a whole lot more experience with all of this than I do. And so getting the opportunity to speak with someone who has been there, who has gone through exactly what I am currently going through, that is that's that's the best possible way to start off this weekend as we're getting ready for the home stretch of getting getting Excelsior, the audio drama out there. So it is my pleasure to introduce my guest for this week, Mr. Alex Squires. Alex, how are you, sir? 
I'm great. Thanks for having me on. And thank you so much for reaching out. Because, like I said, your timing couldn't have been better because <laughs> when, it's it's one of those things where just like, yeah, I've I've gotten all of this stuff that's going on. I got the podcasting. I got the audio drama. I got all this stuff and everything. It just feels very overwhelming to a point where just like, who can I talk to about this? <laughs> and all of a sudden, here you come and, and asking asking if if you if I was available to chat. And I was just like, yes, I am. So. <laughs> So, so tell us a little bit about the show that you, you just concluded this show, correct? That's gone for about 450 episodes. Yeah. It began with, with three of us, myself, JR and Justin. Justin left pretty early on in the first year. And then it was mainly me and JR, my co-host. And we started off as doing like pop culture, comic books, video games, movies kind of thing as a lot of podcasts do. And then oh, yeah. we ran out of content real quick <laughs> and realized we need to find other people. And what we came down to was we just looked for people who were cooler than us and more interesting than we are. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't too hard to, to find that many people. Yeah. And easily, I'd say over 180, 200 guests we've had on the show in that time. But also a lot of close friends helping us out and coming on to talk about stuff that they might be experts in or really interested in and have a lot of fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, when we hit our nine-year episode, JR let me know. He's like, I think I'm good for one more year. But I'm mm. I'm gonna need to call it quits, and I understood. I said okay, and so we we did the best we could for our last year, mm-hmm. and so Jar retired, but let me have like the network, the 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 channel, and everything. And I needed some time to like collect. I got married, but mm-hmm. now I'm ready. And what I want to do with it now is start making my audio drama. Nice, called the Star World Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made what I call the pilot season back in 2020, mm-hmm. and that was just two episodes. And that was asking again friends for some help and uh, and that like gave me a real good edge on what production would be like what it would take to to get the voices to do the sound effects and and see if i could manage like a full season or many more episodes yeah. and from that point on i was i figured out it was pretty doable and, and that's what i want to continue with nice nice it sounds so so the show was called opinions may vary correct yep correct yeah awesome all right so so one of the things that i love to hear about in whenever I talk to any of my guests is what I like to call the lightning bolt moment. And that's that moment in time when you experience something or hear something, meet someone, whatever. And it just makes you want to kind of say, that is where I need to be. That is the direction I need to go in. That is the kind of person I want to become. So what was it about podcasting that grabbed your attention like this? It's, it's a little embarrassing (laughs) because because my, my friends and I would hang around our local comic book shop, as mm-hmm. many people do. And uh, at the time, this brand new TV show was coming on called Comic Book Men. Uh-huh. And, it, and it was Kevin Smith's thing with Walt Flanagan. Mm-hmm. And we'd watch that and say, we hate this and we could do so much better. <laughs> oh, so man. Let, so, <laughs> so let's go for it. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of what spawned it. it was, a lot of it was Jared's idea. And, and we got Justin on board. And, and I said I would also be in and... And it's it's from there, we just didn't give up. It was a matter of, because we started off doing weekly episodes. Mm-hmm. Around year seven, I believe, we we cut that back to two episodes a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just we just kept driving and kept going for it. And and uh, it was fun because we got to meet so many people. Mm-hmm. We got to find so much new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of this we kind of talked about in our, our last few episodes. 
But one of the biggest benefits to me was like finding so many new things yeah. while looking for interesting stuff and looking for guests that I never would have found just hanging on my, my normal scope of friends. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate them dearly and they're great, but there was no drive for me to really look elsewhere until yeah. we were doing the show. And, and that's really enlightened me to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds a lot like my own path. And mm-hmm. it's funny. Cause like, it sounds like you're kind of on like an anti Kevin Smith. <laughs> <No bend. laughs> a little bit. Uh, yes. And for, for me, it was just like a pro Kevin Smith Ben because like it was listening to Smodcast that mm-hmm. got my attention that introduced me to podcasting. And then it was just like, well, then hearing guys like the now playing podcast that was just like, Oh man, like these are regular guys talking about like things that they love. That's awesome. And then, getting to see like more and more and more shows and then being invited to be on one, like a writer's round table. Mm-hmm. And then after doing that for a couple of years, and then just like, I just got that bug. It was just like, wow, I can, I can have a lot of fun doing my own show. It was just mm-hmm. bringing in, bringing in guests. And there's a lot of really great people on my Facebook friends list that are from all walks of life that mm-hmm. are so creative and, and constantly like, pursuing their creative dreams and it's like i gotta get them on people gotta know who they are and so and then that that just led to that and then here we are it's almost 200 episodes later so in in our defense it's i had never listened to any smodcast episodes so like i'm i've heard he makes good stuff and his podcasts are good but we just hated the show because ah. it, understandably, it's it's marketed a specific way, and there's producers saying we're going to show this, or there's going to be this ep- this week's storyline for the episode, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we were we were fighting against. Yeah. So it's the it, structure it, of it all. Like yeah. The the, yeah. the the typical like reality TV structure of of everything. Yeah. Man, someone walks in wanting to buy like Wolverine's first appearance. Yeah. And we're hoping for like give us some history on. Mm-hmm on the creators, the writer, the artist. And we got none of that. We just got like a little bit of haggling over price. And we're like, this is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Like other people watch this and think this is what all of us are. And we hate that. Yeah, I <laughs> so, get it. I, yeah. so, but I'm sure I've heard like really great things from, what was it? Fat Man on Batman was, was pretty excellent. My yeah, friends and told Fat me. Man Beyond. Yeah. 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 yeah it's uh, like, I'm like, I, I have no, pro- I have no problem like with, with people that like the guy that don't like the guy, like mm-hmm. whatever, it's everyone's opinion. Like it's, it's all good. Hey, opinions may vary. Exactly. <laughs> they, there you go. <laughs> so what was it when you, when you sat down with your friends and you started kind of getting into that rhythm, when you got when you got the mics in front of you, you started recording and then it just felt like, did it just feel like you had something right away? Or is it something that you felt like you just needed to keep on working on and kind of shaping it definitely developed. One of the difficult things to start with was that we would not hold true to our own name because myself and JR, our opinions didn't vary that much from each other. <laughs> so sometimes one of us would need to like pick a side. Yeah. And, and if we weren't, if our heart wasn't in it, there wasn't a lot to, mm-hmm. to, to fight for. Yeah. But as we went on and like, we found more people to talk with us and, and it really became much more of us of, of a promotion show. Mm-hmm. And that that was a lot of fun, yeah. In the in a manner of like we got to show everyone these new people and talk about their experiences and a lot of what we learned and, and the people we talked to was if you think you want to make something then go ahead and make it try and mm-hmm. make it do what you can if you can't afford a whole comic book make a web comic if you, you don't go. know how to draw figure something else out I would mm-hmm. love to produce a comic book but 
I don't trust my writing to go to another artist <laughs> and they're just to interpret it all and then hire an inker and then hire a colorist. So I figured what I know how to do is play with some audio. So I'm going to make an audio drama out of a comic book I would prefer to make. Nice. Um, so it's really just finding ways around it. If you think you want to make a video game, you could try and figure it out, but if not find a new Avenue and, mm-hmm. and go for it is, is a lot of what we learned and hearing everyone's different journeys and sometimes it took hard work and sometimes it was luck, mm-hmm. but that became our main drive. And, and thankfully I was really good at finding us guests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most, that's always, that's always good. <laughs> most we, of the uh, time we, so, I'm I, sorry. I, I did like, I did kind of like the same sort of thing because like I started off just kind of sketching out characters with my friends and I knew that like my artistic abilities were only going to take me so far. So I just focused more on the writing and then it would just became like more writing than anything. And then that became the books that I have out now. And then it became the audio drama that I adapted in 2022 to what it is now. So Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun too, taking my own work and adapting it into an audio drama format, which is something I challenge any creative to do is to (laughs) take, take one of your, take one of your pieces, take one of your books or whatever and adapt it for a different medium and you, and utilize all the restrictions that go into that medium as Mm -hmm. well. People aren't going to want to hear a six hour audio drama based on based on your book, you got to keep it, you got to keep it in time restrictions. You got to like work on it that way and see like how you want to, how you want to present it for that particular medium. One of the ways I explained it was um, everyone has a style to drawing Batman or drawing Wolverine. Mm -hmm. They could draw it in their style. You could still recognize them as that is Batman or that is Wolverine. It's, it's not too hard to mess up Mm -hmm. now out of all the media that we have, yeah. exactly what Wolverine's claws sound like. On mm-hmm. the page, you write snicked. Yep. And when you, when you, even if he's not on the panel, when you see the snicked word pop up, this is Wolverine's claws popping out. Yep. If the sound was wrong on a cartoon or in a movie, you mm-hmm. would know it immediately. Yeah. But you don't notice it when it's right the entire time. Yeah. When you hear Sentinel stomping something, you can recall the cartoon and know exactly what the Sentinel stomping is supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. But if that was different somehow, it wouldn't be right. Like Apocalypse's voice when in, in the live action X-Men is like, that's not Apocalypse. Yeah. So there's a lot of things besides just you know, having to treat like you don't have images. When someone mm-hmm. enters a room, how do you display they're entering a room with just sound? Instead of just saying you have to say their name every time they're talking. And so there's ways to to mess with that. But in the same inverse, when someone's talking comic book, you don't know who it is until you see the word bubble, until you see the bubble coming away from their their head their face mm-hmm. and that's when you get like ghost Rider always has flames around his word bubble kind of thing <laughs> and, and neat stuff like that or the etrigan the demon all has a similar flame deal around his word bubbles mm-hmm. and so it's it's thinking of things like that like what makes my environment and an audio drama make this is the x mansion making this is the bat cave and, and stuff like that because mm-hmm. you you can't draw it you can't picture them sitting next to batmobile yeah yeah, exactly. You got to go around and figure out your restrictions. And those restrictions, they make you more creative. Mm-hmm. Like I I still say that like when like I love I will always love John Carpenter. And a big factor of why he is who he is is because he always had those restrictions with the budget and that forced him to be creative. It's when he had like unlimited budgets, that's when the finished product isn't quite mm-hmm. there. Like it's you look at you look at Escape from New York and Escape from LA. 
like as perfect examples because like he had maybe like what two million or something like that to work with for Escape from New York, and he was able to produce that. Then you look at Escape from L.A. when he had like a pretty significant budget, mm-hmm. and he produced that. And, so, so, <laughs> and people have their like, and people have their own their own tastes of like whichever one they prefer and everything. Some people prefer L.A. Like that's mm-hmm. I get a kick out of it, but at the same time, I know exactly why a lot of people look at that as. Uh, not quite hitting the mark. You know I mean? One of my one of my hobbies is I'm also a makeup artist. I've oh, nice. worked at our a local theme park for 20 years. I'm not great, but I'm good enough to try and make others better. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten to run the makeup room and and train some of the new people and come in. And my goal is always to make them better than me. But I pay attention to special effects and I try to pick out what works and what doesn't. But I read the articles and I read the interviews and stuff. And for the thing prequel i think it was mm-hmm. they were talking about oh, there's yeah. a scene there's a scene on a, on a helicopter mm-hmm. and the fx team <clears throat> made their thing monster in the helicopter and the vx people come in they go well yeah it looks good from this angle but if we move over here it doesn't look that good so we're gonna do the whole thing in cg instead mm-hmm. and it's like just you just film for that angle just yeah. film from the angle that works it right. looks great <laughs> just stick to that you don't have to move the camera at all yeah. What are you doing? And that's <laughs> and like you said, they have the budget, so they that's what they got. What they got, right? Exactly. So yeah. so as you were as you were going through the show, as the show was go, was going on, as as it was finding its footing, what was it that prompted you to kind of reach out outside of your your inner circle to to get to, to get some different kinds of guests on there? And what was that first experience like? Because I have my own like really fun <laughs> first experience of doing that. Like, but I'm curious to know yours. Oh, it's, you're going to, I want to look it up, but I got to try and remember it and not waste any time. It was a matter of like how, if we get a big name, will we get more noticed? Mm-hmm. If we have our friend from, from work on, no one else knows who that is. Mm-hmm. So would that really drive everyone to anyone to listen? So we started looking for people and, uh, and we, we got a few ghosts at first and not, not exactly rejections, just never responded to us. And that's okay. Cause yeah. we knew we we're nobodies. <laughs> But eventually we we try and keep going. Really, some of our first stuff was getting press passes. It's like, nice. oh my, they gave us a press pass. This is amazing. <laughs> so stuff like that like made us feel a bit more elevated. But yeah, it was a matter of of finding people that we didn't know because we had kind of exhausted everyone we think would want to talk to us or give us their time. Mm-hmm. And and it, I'm pretty sure it was an, an artist of some kind, maybe a cosplayer. Cosplayers yeah. usually have the time, unfortunately. I, I hate to say that about them, but we had a lot of cosplayers on. Mm-hmm. on our first batch of interviews and we gradually like graduated up a bit to, to artists and, and writers. One of the easy things is when they're trying to promote something, mm, yeah. there was, there was a, a gentleman, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. He does a lot of Ninja Turtles work and I got no response for at least like three attempts until he had a Kickstarter for a different project. And ah. then he talked to and then he talked to us, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. They, they have to, they have a job to do. They have limited time to do it. And mm-hmm. when they have to promote, it's time to promote, and that and that's when they go for it. Which is- I do that. I do that with when I reach out to them. I say like, I understand you have this coming out. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like why don't you come on and say a few things about it? Like mm-hmm. that's and that that gets their attention. It was just like, ooh, another venue, like another few people that I can that I can introduce us to. Great, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta go with what you have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and sometimes it was it was meeting people first. Go to a convention. I think Tony Moy was one of our earliest. He's a brilliant watercolor painter and him and Daniel Govar have each been on at oh, least nice. maybe three times a piece. 
Yeah. So that was part of it is we meet them first and can kind of make an impression and, and say hi and, and then follow up on social media at some point and then give them some time. So we're not like constantly hounding them and yeah. come back and say, what do you think of trying an episode? And, and it, it got to a point where some professionals were like contacting each other. be like, how are these guys? Cause nice. we talked to, I'm not gonna remember his name, Jason, who's the art rep for essential sequential. Mm-hmm. We, we spoke with him and we also spoke with John boy Myers and mm-hmm. they're friends. And one of them was like, Hey, what, how about these guys? Are they okay? <laughs> how was, how was your show? <laughs> yeah. And like, we felt pretty validated that like we got checked on and, and we delivered and, and that was, that was really vindicating for us. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It's so it's just try and keep giving it a shot, find what you're interested in. And even if you're not interested, it mm-hmm. might be a topic or a person that's making stuff that turns out to be cool that you didn't expect. Cause yeah. we've talked to game makers. We've talked to <clears throat> a few musicians. Like we're not a musician podcast, mm-hmm. but they make neat stuff and they, and they're working hard to promote their thing. And like, we, we appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah, one of my, one of my guests, Zach Comtois, he's somebody that I actually like knew personally from back when he was a kid. And he's gone on to do very well as a guitarist and was uh, was was actually one of Britney Spears musicians huh. during her residency in Vegas. So it just became like it was a, a way of kind of like reconnecting with him and then mm-hmm. getting like the getting the stories and everything about what was going on. And he later wound up redoing both the intro and outro for this show. Hmm. And I will always be grateful to him for, for that. He put on like he did a hell of a job with it. As, have you have you gotten like experiences like that where you've just been like um, you just realize like, hey, this person, this person is not only like really cool, but they could we can wind up having them back in the future. Have you had like repeat guests? We have had a few repeats. Usually they're they're still making the cool stuff they're making in the first place. Mm-hmm. One of them was just a friend we had from local theme park who would do haunt work with us, who was also in a stunt show, but they continued doing stunts. Mm-hmm. And got more contacts and met more people. And he got killed by the Punisher in season two of Daredevil. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're like, hey, do you want to talk to us about that? And like the difference from like doing martial arts as a teenager and growing up to then learning how to rig your own pack for, for falling off of a building and, and how to math out your rope length and, and, tightness and all that to how many squibs you're supposed to wear <laughs> nice. and, and he's like i've been on shoots where like they say there's a squib here and here and that's it or they say don't go near this wall because that wall is going to explode and don't go near this wall to then working on the punisher he was like the main one, one of the the top boss's kids who was going to inherit the the business mm-hmm. so he got the most bullets and the entire room like fell apart so his wow. ins- their, their instructions were like okay your entire chest is full of bullets and don't go near any walls. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just fall down and die. Oh. Yeah. So he would explain that to us and like what we had known him as a guy who, who helps out around the park and is a good guy. And, mm-hmm. but uh, elevate him to that. That was a lot of fun. Let's see. As far as we've had, let me think. We've had a few beginning cosplayers now host their own panels and win competitions. Nice. And so that's like them getting that badge of like, I'm, I'm a champion now. Mm-hmm. So, and going to like a small local con and doing a cosplay panel on what materials to use and how to form things and sew things. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of take those numbers of what their attendance was. Then they can bring that to a bigger convention. So then they go to PAX um, yeah. and say, can I run the, the same panel here? Here's what I got this other panel. And here's how I, my experience with it. And then it's like, well, now they have shows at PAX. It's like, that's rad. Yeah. <laughs> that's very cool. 
Yeah. But it's very cool. And so and so what types of what type of guests were just like those were like your go-tos when you got to like yes, we definitely got to have have these kinds of people on. Was it was it writers, was it just like was it artists, was there like just like a certain preference over the other? Not really. It's it was a matter of who would respond to us mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and if they had something like current that was really cool to us cuz it's it's the the, the demon of, of algorithms. If it's not mm-hmm. showing us their stuff, we don't know yeah. what they're making currently. Mm-hmm. And then we, we don't remember to talk to them, but I definitely had a list of people we, we could talk to. Yeah. And, and like I had a calendar tracking certain people's projects of when they would be at certain locations doing conventions oh, and nice. be like, talk about your summer shows kind of thing of like, where are you touring next? And what's it like mm-hmm. tabling next to so-and-so stuff like that. But yeah. Really, if anything interesting came up, we, we tried a few different things. Um, mm-hmm. but nothing was, was a terrible failure on, on any part. Yeah. I think in the entire run of the 450 episodes, we had maybe like less than five that we weren't a hundred percent happy with. Really? And yeah. And one was like my CGC unboxing, <laughs> like mm. here, you listen to me, take my slab comics out of a box and say, and go, Oh, that's okay. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's content. Like, yeah. what are we doing? It's like, how about when we talked to Ben Templesmith? That was fun. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, we didn't really have a solid go to towards the end of our episodes. One of the things I had, I had admitted might have been our or detriment to our show was that we cast too wide of a net because we didn't focus on just comics. We focused on people who make board games, who make some video games, who, who do voice acting, mm-hmm. who make comics, who, who makes sound effects, who like lip sounds is teaching people to make sound effects for video games. So if you have to look for those, right, that's cool. But like, if you tune in to listen to us talk about comics, like you're, you're going to turn it off. So true. But at the same time, it is, it is geek centric. Yeah. It is, it is is a geek centric drive Mm -hmm. overall. So like you are going to, you are going to get a lot of people. I mean, we, we have we have preferences for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, well, when it comes to when it comes to different movies and everything, like we're tackle various genres, mm-hmm. whatever whatever is on our mind. So that so that that really just sounds like more like that is that's something that works for geeks in general. We hope so. Yeah. I hope everyone liked the the batch of shows we had and because mm-hmm. you sometimes they would get some surprises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you get to, you get through nine years, you're working with, you're working with, was it Justin who back after the first year? After yeah. the first year. Right. Yeah. Okay. Justin was first. He was, he's one of our founders, but yeah, it didn't, and it didn't really go on from there, <clears throat> but it was me and JR for, for the rest of the, the nine after that and, and up to the end. So once, once JR approaches you and says, and says what he said, that he's got <laughs> one good year left in him and then mm-hmm. he's set to retire. Now, was he, was he getting some different opportunities or was this just a matter of like him just kind of saying like, I'm burned out on podcasting for now? I don't think it was, he didn't state in terms it was burnout, mm-hmm. but it, it was more of like, he would like to have his own time and mm-hmm. would like to spend time with his wife and his dog and, and be a normal person for a while. And, and I understood because, oh, yeah. because sometimes trying to find guests and trying to like book shows and everything. We it can be exhausting. A, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We didn't have a regular schedule. We didn't say like, yeah. we always record on Thursday at nine or anything. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'd, I'd message him and be like, Hey, are you free tomorrow? Like, are you free at, at noon on Saturday mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that to the point where 
I would get these feelings of guilt of thinking I'm ruining this, ruining this man's life because yeah. he can't plan anything. He'd mm-hmm. be like, when do you think we're getting this? And I was like, I don't know yet. Don't do anything for the next four days. Oh, and <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, so, I know so, how it is. Yep. I know exactly <laughs> what, what it is. I know exactly what you're going through. This is exactly why for a long stretch of time, like I would take one weekend and just say like, this is what I'm doing the episodes and just record, 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 record all like as much as I can for that one month's worth. And then I had the rest of the month. So that way I could do any other work that I was doing at the time. I could mm-hmm. enjoy time with my family because I got a yeah. wife and a daughter mm-hmm. and some psychotic dogs. You probably heard them <laughs> like during <laughs> while they were going nuts just about 10 minutes ago. But yeah, like, so that's the main thing that I would kind of want to get back to as well is just kind of feeling that good structure of, of everything, which you need, you need to have if you're mm-hmm. going to be doing this for a period of time. Like, I mean, you've been doing it, you were doing it for 10 years. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing there. So, so you get the word from JR that, like, hey, I got one, one good year left in me and then I'm going to step back. So mm-hmm. did you ever think about like possibly going forward with this show on your own or was, did you see it as like, there's an opportunity to try something new? I, I knew right away that I don't, I didn't think I would be able to could go on by myself because mm-hmm. really he, Jared's the heart of the show. Yeah. We, we'd meet the people, we'd connect over whatever. Can, he would have good small talk. He would have amazing banter. I'm not as good of a banter guy. I'd be awkward and be like, let's just get to the questions. Here's my question. <laughs> it's like, because I, I, this person is coming on our show to, to, to talk with us. Yeah. So I want to get to the meat. And, mm-hmm. and Jared's like being a human being about it and talking to them first. Mm-hmm. And, and he's putting them at ease and making them feel welcome to making them feel like a person where I'm like treating them like a machine. Like I, I input questions, you output answers. And, <laughs> uh, and so it was, it was a lot of that. And, and as much as I appreciate all of our friends who have been repeat guests and, and also honored guest hosts who've hosted either for when and one of us couldn't make it or fill in for us, it just wouldn't be the same to try and do a show with them as a co-host without JR. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just haven't made many shows without him. And, and really they've just been, been fillers and, and fill in and saying, here's my plan for the future. Here's when the Kickstarter starts. Here's how the Kickstarter is going, that kind of thing. And, and yeah, there, there was really no, no intent of mine to like try and keep making a one V proper as it was without him. It just gotcha. it, it wouldn't flow the same, wouldn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. And it, it wouldn't be as good a show. Mm. Understandable. Yeah, you got to have that sort of, you got to have that balance of making them feel comfortable with mm-hmm. with what they're doing and everything, but at the same time, keeping the show moving without making it seem like you have like you have like a rigid set of questions, yeah, and you're not playing up, you're not playing along with what it is that they're saying because like if they say mm-hmm. something, if if they come up and say something, then and if you don't follow through, if you don't follow up with that, then it's just like it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> But if you're, but, uh, but if you're able to say like, oh, wait a minute. Let's, so let's, let's kind of, let's detour a little bit with that. Cause I mean, this is a great, this is a great format to do mm-hmm. it. It's uh, okay. I credit our friend Colin, who's been on, I think he was on 38 times. Wow. Um, I'm going to mention him later on too. But in a, one of our like last episodes, we had a block of episodes where we're saying goodbye to our friends or not really goodbye. We're still friends, but like yeah. we're thanking them for all, all the help they gave us and coming on and, and, and that kind of thing. And Colin like flipped it and was interviewing us now. Nice. And, 
And one of the fun things he had said, he's like, he recognized how Jar and I handle our questions differently. And mm-hmm. he's like, so Alex, you would ask Superman per se, if he had a chance to catch Lex Luthor or save the train car, which would he choose and how fast could he do both? Mm-hmm. It's like, I would ask the logistics of like, so can you fly to Antarctica and back before the kryptonite kills you or something? Whereas JR would ask something like, what was it like the first time someone said, thank you for saving my life? Nice. And, and it's like, he now that exactly, that's exactly how we differentiate. Mm-hmm. And, and Colin like picked us apart, <laughs> like in a good way, but like he, he recognized our personalities and, and then how we, how we interact with our guests. That's great. That that's great. Yeah, I've I've yet to do like a sh- a show like that where I'm working with a co-host mm-hmm. on that. So having to do like all of this stuff at, at all together, it's as as one person, it can be a little it can it can definitely be a little overwhelming. So how do you how do you deal with with that sort of thing when you have you feel like you have project after project after project stacked on top of each other? Mm-hmm. Kind of like what I'm going through right now. <laughs> I Depending on how much I have going on, I try to just differentiate it into days. Monday, I'll do podcast research. Tuesday, I'll do stuff on the house and do housework. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday will be my working for our theme park, doing makeup or, or prepping something and really just try and bounce back and forth and, and assign a day to a task. And then I could try and leave it for the next week or at least mm-hmm. keep it to a minimum. So I could keep honest to myself about what I'm doing today and what I'm doing tomorrow. If I still have to answer an email on a yard work day, then that's okay. That'll work out. (laughs) But, but as far as like looking like doing casting for voices, I'll try and focus some time on that to one day and then go on to the next and and try something else without having, because at least then I'm breaking up each task and there's some progress happening everywhere. And it's not like I'm just going to ignore my responsibilities in one point for a month while I do something else. It's, yeah. it's not easy to, to get there, but that's, that's the best I got. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a good way to do it. You can only, you, if you try to do like so much in one night after mm-hmm. everyone's gone to bed, when you have that time to yourself and everything, it's, it can be, it's very overwhelming. So yeah, breaking it apart like that into just different assigned days Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a great that's a great way to try it. I'm gonna have to try that myself. <laughs> so when so what was it like recording that final episode? How did how did that feel? Knowing that this was going to be like the final episode because a lot of times a lot of pe- a lot of people will just they'll record and then they'll say like oh I'm gonna take a break and then, and they then never come do, back and then yeah. they never come back. <laughs> so and then you just have like all of these pod faded shows that are just like just littering up the place mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like with only like a small amount of them that are still going. So, and then it's, um, it's not finite either. Cause yeah. you, cause if you have a loyal fan, they'll keep checking back and be like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Where's, where's the next episode? Mm-hmm. You know, months and years have gone by and there's no new episode. Whereas at least we knew we had a year to figure it out. We had a year to try and aim for our big guns. Mm-hmm. And, and like I had a calendar split up into who we could talk to and how long that would take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we knew what the last one would be and when it would, would go up. And, and actually I think we published it on the anniversary date of our first episode. Mm-hmm. So that worked out well, but it, while recording it, I think I had more notes than I ever did before. Yeah. <laughs> so like, this to, uh, is it. You got to let it all, let and, it all uh, out. And, there is no four fifty one. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to make sure we thanked everyone that we had to thank. Yeah. Like we, 
when we started, both of us were not married. Now we both are. Yeah. And so we had our, our support significant others to, to thank and for letting it eat all of our time and, and mm-hmm. go to shows and like, we're, we're having fun with our press pass. Yeah. And like, it's not, it's necessarily work. We're enjoying ourselves, but at the same time, we do have to take notes and make contacts and talk to people. Mm-hmm. But he always signed off with until next time. Mm-hmm. And he would do the sign. He would do the intros and in the outros himself. Yeah. And, and I would just kind of be there, but there was a, an element of panic to the very last sign off where he's mm-hmm. going, what do I say? I can't say until next time. There's no next time. What do I say? And it was almost like this moment of terror. Yeah. If if you ever heard like a terrifying story of someone knowing they're about to die, like what's next? What do I do? Yeah. It's like, it's, just relax. It's fine. It's fine. Just, just mm. say for the last time. Cause that, that's it. And that I think we're, I'm really proud of what we made before that. We did, did our last, our last best of medley mm-hmm. where I would take, I would listen to every episode we did that year and take out of my favorite parts that were either funny or inspiring or just a good story of some kind. And yeah. I'd try to mash all those into one episode. And so really, I still listen to that those sometimes. Really? Each year's best stuff. Oh, it's, it's, it, I mean, for me, it's memories because I know I was talking to this person and I know the exact situation yeah. where if you listen to our, our 449 was probably our last one. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to know half of what's going on. You might recognize a voice or here, here or there, but exactly what the topic was or where that came from. You have to go find the episode now mm-hmm. to listen to the full thing. Yeah. So listening to that and putting that together hurts me more than the last episode itself. Mm. If I, if I were to go back and listen. Yeah. 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 So, so for that last episode, did you have a specific guest on or was it just like, kind of know, the two of you? <laughs> we call it a justice episode because yeah. it was just us. Nice. So and we have stickers of just it's it's justice. Sorry. No, there was no guest because we we knew we we had some stuff we wanted to close out with. And, and yeah. we thanked each other a lot, too. And, and I got to tell him what I appreciated about him. And kind of like the he, last episode of Johnny Carson, like what, what, when what, kind of like the last episode of Carson, where he was just like sitting on a stool, like in like on the stage and everything, just him. And he would chat with Ed and Doc and everything. But like but there were no guests. It was mm-hmm. just him kind of like reminiscing. Mm-hmm. And they would do like some clips and everything. And then right at the very end, he just said that, what did he say? He said, I am one of the lucky people in this world because I got to do what I always love to do. And I enjoyed every minute of it. Hmm. And I hope that they, they did like a variation of it on the the late shift movie with, with Rich Little doing Carson. And he got to do, cause he always did like the caricature version of Carson, but he got to do it like straight for the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and he just said that it's been an honor to, for you to have me into your homes and let me entertain you. And, and I hope that when I do find something, I do, I want something else I want to do. You'll invite me into your home as you always have. And Mm. then that he said, it's goodbyes. So like, that's kind of like what you got going on yeah, right now, because you've said your goodbyes, close the book on opinions may vary, Mm -hmm. but now there is the, now you have an audio drama that's in the works. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, how that got going. There was, let's see, after doing all the the best of episodes, I got okay at learning how to, we use Audacity for mm-hmm. our, our editing program. Same here. That's where I learned how to make all my, my cuts and edits and moves and pastes and and line everything up and have multiple it's a beautiful pro It's a beautiful product. <laughs> it really is. I mean, like people people like to pick on it because it's free. 
Like, yeah. I don't care. It still works. It's very user-friendly and I use it for everything that I do. So mm-hmm. I, I stand by that program very much. I've been told that people really like Reaper and I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I have the, the patience to learn a new, a new thing. Cause yeah. I, I, I feel like I want to make the thing mm-hmm. and it's, at some point you do have to like learn how to use your new tablet. Like mm-hmm. if you're not going to be drawing pencil on paper, you have to figure out how to use uh, Adobe and Premiere and, and what all the stuff. And it, there's a, a, we've, I mean, I'm not doing a thing we've talked about where we talked to an artist who have, who has learned how to use tablets and, and draw differently. And there's a big evolve or die kind of, you got to, you got to move with the times or you're not going to make it. And here I am like refusing right. to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I had an idea to try an audio drama. It came out with, I got it like a, like an early copy of a script of, of preacher. Cause it was going to be oh. a movie. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Some vendor at a comic book show, like had a bunch of scripts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were, how genuine they were, or how they get them. But I was like, Oh, let me get this Hellboy. Let me get this preacher. And then that's, I, that's how I got an early early script from Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> I got I got to read the original Lewis Abernathy script, and I'm so glad they did not go in that direction. <laughs> oh man, it was not good. <laughs> so I was legit thinking of like, could I make a preacher audio drama, and how would I do like the voice of God that Jesse does, Ooh. and and how would I find Cassidy's actor and, and do all, all these different things. Now I was talking to friends. I was like, would DC vertigo allow me to make this? And some other people were like, well, if you just say it's satire or parody, like you, you could get away with it. Mm-hmm. And so I was really like leaning, kind of leaning into that. Like maybe that would be a thing I try out. And then the series actually happened. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and I switched gears into this other thing because I love villains and I like bad guys and what could be better than a bad guy than a bad guy redemption story? And so I, I locked onto that and was like, well, now I could just try and make my own property. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a lot of like hemming and hawing of like, maybe I'll try, maybe I won't. I started building a world in my head and building characters in my head. Again, here we come back to Colin, our good friend. He was on the talk about the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse movie. Mm-hmm. Right? That was the first one. And, and I, I loved it, but I hated it. Because after seeing that, I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever, ever witnessed. How could anyone want to create after watching something perfect? And I don't, I don't, I don't want to make anything anymore. Like why? Because it's never going to compare to that. It's not going to be close. Why bother creating? Something Mm -hmm. comes out that's so good. You're never going to do that. Right. And and Colin talked me down from the edge. He's like, you should still make because your thing's going to be different. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing where a girl was asking Neil Gaiman for advice because she wanted to be a director. And yeah. he had told her he, he had some great advice. He's like, no one else sees the world through your eyes but you. Mm-hmm. So when you show other people what you can see and what you can do, no one else can do that. So yeah. don't so don't be ashamed. Go ahead and try it. Go ahead and do it. And and Colin pumped me up. He's like, you should still make the thing. You don't yeah. have to make Spider-Man Spider-Verse. You can make other stuff. And even if it's not as good, it's still something you made and something you can be proud of. Mm-hmm. So that kind of got me back in gear. And then, like, I think it was seven or so months later, we talked to this dude, Jason Thigpen. He goes by a Chocolate Ninja cosplay. He He's not. He could be a like motivational speaker he should be he's not but he was incredible Mm -hmm. and even he like gave this advice of like 
I've never been more inspired to make stuff than when he talked to us. Mm. And the next day after we had him on our show, the next day I started writing. Nice. And, and that was in, that was in either October or November. And the episode one was published in, in January. Oh, that. wow. Yeah. yeah. That's and great. So, I, so you I just <laughs> really like you got on and you just started going. Oh yeah. Yep. And, but luckily, thankfully, I mean, I'm, this might be tackling a, a question you have later. Having done local theme park and doing all the haunted house stuff and doing all the Halloween makeup and, and scaring mm -hmm. people, I've bit that's the entertainment department. Yeah. You meet entertainers there. You meet actors who like want to move to Broadway or who want to go to Florida. Mm -hmm. People who do want to create stuff and make an act and sing and be scary and be funny. And that was an excellent breeding ground for me to meet all these people. Even if mm -hmm. I'm not the best actor, like I, I do an okay zombie, but I was there to like make people be scary. Yeah. And from there, I, if what you want to do, you start keeping tabs. Mm -hmm. And so if I hear someone does local community theater, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep them in the back of my head. Or I'm going to hit them on my friends list. Yeah. And people who, who you never expected may have tried stuff back in the day. Like, oh, we, I did community theater for 30 years ago. And like, mm -hmm. you just push boxes next to me at work, dude. Like you did what? <laughs> and so that's, that's where I got my cast was, wow. was a, a fellow haunt actors and, and people who, who do better acting than I do. And, mm -hmm. but they've done things here and there and they have ideas and they've gone to school for stuff. And some came in and cause like, again, it was for free. I couldn't pay him at the time. Yeah. They just, I, they just lent me their time and I'm, I'm super grateful for that. But mm -hmm. uh, some came in with like already de developed characters. They're like, I'm going to play it this way. Or I have this idea. And I was like, great, great. This yeah. is your job. You're an actor. Like, I get it. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, so much less directing I have to do now. Yeah. And, and that, and also, like I said, we talked to blip sounds who make sound effects. So mm -hmm. I'll be contacting them soon to be like, can you give me some laser blasts? Can, can I buy, like, how do I buy like a, like a, like, let's say like a package, like, Goku, yeah. like a Goku powering up kind of thing. Um, things like that and and haunt people who I'm like, I need like a sewer background sound, but less drippy kind of stuff like that. And like, who yeah. who could I know that has that things? So super lucky I'm in this world where I'm surrounded by these people who I could ask favors for. And also now with the Kickstarter, pay them. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm that's. That is awesome. And that's that's really what I was going through as well with this audio drama, because mm -hmm. I hooked up with uh, with a group on Clubhouse called the 529 Club, and they were looking for material. I was able to provide the material. And then all of a sudden, we just got like this huge influx of actors wanting to audition for this, really excited about being a part of this story, which blew my mind completely. <laughs> because, I mean, as creatives, it's just like you get the imposter syndrome add-on that, uh, that you never wanted. It, it just, it just, it just comes in like a U2, like a U2 album, you know, just. <laughs> Yo, can I, can I pause right here? Yeah. So when you agreed to have me on, yes. I'm looking yeah. at your past shows and mm -hmm. like you have New York times bestsellers, you have like professionals. I'm some dude that pushes boxes early in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, what, why did he say yes to me? What am I doing? And like, I told some of my friends and my wife and they're like, Alex, you've done this for a long time. You're you're better than okay at it. I'm like, mm -hmm. really? So, thank you. Exactly. You've, you gave me some imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, that's yeah. Well, hey, like that's that's de definitely not not intended there because because yeah, I am always about people that have that have 
are passionate about their creative ventures and are going forward. You've been doing something for 10 years. If you're not passionate about it, then something's wrong. <laughs> so that's that's the way I look at it. So, so I think that you fit right in with everyone who has been on this show before. <laughs> so that's that's one thing you definitely do not have to worry about there. So <laughs> but but be having having that sort of having the sort of support that I've gotten from the cast mm-hmm. from they're they're coming up with like other ideas to kind of recruit musicians in to provide a music from an inspired by playlist out of artists that are on mm-hmm. clubhouse. So it's like the, 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 the whole concept, the whole package and everything has just been inspiring other cast members to bring their own ideas to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just been just an amazing influx of creativity. And I am just very grateful to the 529 Club for for all of this. And the great thing is, is just like with, with you, all of it is strictly volunteer. Mm-hmm. No one is getting paid for this. I didn't get paid for writing it. Like, and, <laughs> and no one else is getting paid for everything else that they're bringing to it. But yet they're still bringing just amazing, amazing work. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really excited about it. Once I made the first two episodes, the the pilot season, I was trying to like find where I could send it to get more listens and more hits and see who would want to carry it or, or play it on their channel mm-hmm. or station or something. And I was encountering a lot of, oh, we just take strips or we just take scripts because yeah. we produce them ourselves. We have actors. We have musicians. We produce the shows. We just want the scripts to, to read and then perform. And I was like, no, I have a completed show. It's done. Can I just give you? Can you get? Can I give you the show? And they're like, "Oh, we don't do that. No, thank you." <laughs> so it was, it was, it was kind of tough finding places to take the show, and just just to try and spread it out and get it recognized in other places than the yeah. listeners we we normally have. Yeah, right. Have you gotten? Have you reached out to other other shows that maybe like that either discuss audio dramas or review them or whatever? And have you on as a guest? I've I've tried a couple. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten good hits yet because it's because the full season isn't produced. Oh yeah. And on top of that, it's, it's a matter of like, well, will it be uploaded to its own channel? I was like, no, it's going to be at the end of all these other episodes. Mm. And like, so it's a matter of like, if they want to search a Star Wars foundation, they're going to have to search OMV first. Mm. And so there, there was a little bit of that. And, but again, I think they wanted to hear the finished product before, yeah. Before we start talking. So, I mean, once season one is done and I move on to the season two, well, maybe we'll get to some more hits. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and so as someone who's been doing this for, for quite a while, do you have a little bit of advice for for those that have they believe they have something to say in this wonderful world of podcasting? They just don't know exactly how to express it. They're not sure exactly what kind of format to do with it, but they want to get a podcast going. They want to get themselves out there. What would you recommend to them would be one of the first steps that they should take? Go ahead and buy a mic. Yeah. Go ahead, try something, start out. If mm-hmm. it's narrated, go ahead and narrate it. If it's just you saying stream of thought, then then go ahead and try it. A friend of mine was was working on making a webcomic and she made like, got up to like the, the 10th, the tenth strip or the 10th panel or page or how mm-hmm. I forget exactly. And she's like, and then I look back at number one and I don't, I don't like it. So I don't want to post it. Mm. And I would say, well, you, you should still post it mm-hmm. because even bad content is better than no content. Yeah. Because people will put stuff that they did five years ago in their portfolio. So then they can say, mm-hmm. here's how much better I've gotten. Yeah. 
And really anything you post is just progress. Mm -hmm. So even if your first thing is bad, your 10th thing won't be as bad. Yeah. So go ahead and try. And that leaves you room to improve, accept criticism. Hopefully it's not painful, but Mm -hmm. don't deny it. Go ahead and try and take it as, as best you can and, and keep working, keep striving. And let's see. You could try and like look for other sources to see if someone's done what you've done mm-hmm. or you want to do. That's bad grammar. Sorry, right, it's a weekend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and see how how they might have done it. Do do you want to do it differently? Is there something you could put your own personal spin on it, or do you want to take it in a completely different avenue? But at some point, you you need to play to your skills or develop the skills. Um, mm-hmm. there was there was advice that I heard. Oh, I was listening to like a a, a Kickstarter podcast, mm-hmm. but they were like they were marketing guys, like real marketing guys. And one of them was saying, "Well, you need to get your your landing page. You need to collect your emails, and you need to do your market research. And if you had to push your campaign back a year to get all your research and marketing done." And I'm like, a year, dude, I'm going to die. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, no, it has to happen now. I want to make the thing tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Wait a year. And like, luckily one of his co-hosts was like, you have to make the thing eventually. Mm-hmm. Like if all you do is look at numbers, you're going to never be finished looking at numbers and looking at keywords that work best. At some mm-hmm. point you have to go for it. Yeah. And, and I pushing it back, like, plus like, I don't collect emails from people listening to my podcast. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. So I, I, at that point, I knew I had to do something different and, and yeah. just try and go for it. But yeah, just give it a shot. Start small. And, and honestly, you can't expect a lot, but expect to get better. Absolutely. I, t- I, I look at the first episode of Saturday Night Live back in 1975. They, that is the roughest version <laughs> of that show that you could ever possibly imagine. The host, George Carlin, refused to do any of the sketches. So all he did, <laughs> so he's got like two appearances on the on the stage, and uh-huh. that was it. You had <laughs> you had the sketches, which maybe lasted, I don't know, a minute, two minutes, or something like that. They had two different I think they had two different musical guests on there. Just like it was so rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. But they like as they got better, they didn't go back and say, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna pull the pilot episode from production from release or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's already out there. Yeah. So you have to, like you said, you got to build on something. Mm -hmm. You, you have to, you have to start like whether there is that first few versions of the show are the first few episodes. Think of that as the foundation of, Mm -hmm. of a house. You're not ready to move into the house, but (laughs) it's, but it's there. It's under construction and you have, it's something tangible. So take it and run with it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Just like for content you have and everything, just get it out there because it could wind up being something that, that winds up connecting with someone even mm-hmm. and just say and want they may want to follow up on something that was talked about back in episode one. Who knows? <laughs> where can my where can my listeners follow, find you on social media? So we are opinions may vary all one word on Instagram. Our main website is omvpodcast.com. That's where all of our episodes are. That's where updates will be. We mostly update to Instagram because the Facebook algorithm has become complete crap. So it's like, it's that gets leftovers and I'm terrible at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of posts will be on Instagram. And that's where I share the most art as well that mm-hmm. I find to support other artists that I follow. Awesome. Yeah. And if you think you want to check out 
the audio drama that will be on omvpodcast.com. But you'll be able to learn a lot from the Kickstarter. It'll be completed by the time you hear this episode. But mm-hmm. clips from the pilot season will be on there. Some of what I'm offering to give you hints into the world. One of the, my main physical items is an ID badge from the organization of the Star Wars Foundation, mm-hmm. which is, if briefly out, can I go through that? Yeah, sure. So the Star Wars Foundation is in a fictional comic book world, mm-hmm. and it provides celebrities and athletes and, and movie stars to kids that want to meet them at hospitals. And, but they also get to meet superheroes because that's the world we're in mm-hmm. until some kids say they want to start meeting supervillains. And it's nice. up to, it's up to a former intern who now worked with the company as a facilitator. Mm-hmm. And she decides she's going to go out and find these villains and bring them to meet kids and, and have them help them have a good time. And that's not the easiest tax task to do. And the villains don't trust her and the heroes don't trust her. And then her coworkers don't trust her and how she gets through that and how she overcomes a lot of the trust and how she gets everyone on her side to come Mm -hmm. out and and inspire some kids and make them happy and have them meet not their heroes, but their villains. Mm -hmm. And that'll be season one. And and we'll see how that goes. And then hopefully after that, I have a few more seasons in, in my head that I would like to to try and produce. Um, Mm -hmm. There's that one of the tiers is you get to name stuff within the series. So I call it person, place or thing. You could may name a mad scientist, name a weapon, a street corner, a building, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so that's how I figured out try and involve the audience in the show. Cause it's that's tough right. to try and produce physical things for an audio format. Like, what do I give you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. It was like, do you get a mug or like a t-shirt or something? Like, what do you yeah, do? I, I don't want to like start shilling like shot glasses with the logo on it. I don't want to do stuff like that. And right. t-shirts can be a hassle. So mm-hmm. it's a set of pins that my friend Brett makes. It's in the Star Wars logo color design. And nice. it's the ID badge. And it's a merch bundle that we had from opinions. My very days. And then everything else is, is in the show itself. That's great. Yeah. That is great. And I wish you the best of luck on that. I wish you the best of luck with all the different ventures that you have going. Cause I Thank know you. that, that I know that with the Starwell Foundation, with addition, there's going to be a lot more we're going to hear from you Hopefully. in addition to that. And I hope that all of you that are listening that have had some sort of a drive to get into this wonderful world of podcasting that believe you have something to say, by all means, just start recording. Get yourself in front of a mic, get yourself comfortable in front of a mic and talk about what is what you want the show to be. What is it that you believe your show will wind up being? And the more you talk about it, the more you get people involved, the more that you can keep talking about it. If it's something that you feel that you can keep on talking about for at least a year, then you're on the right track. Yeah. So I wish all of you upcoming podcasters nothing but the best. And for Alex Squires, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. And I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest 
inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com. <laughs>